Hey guys, welcome to Classic Game Junkie. How can I... Joe, Joe, come here. Dude, who are these two guys touching all the freaking customers? In a pro... Oh, Jesus Christ. These are the guys that we're supposed to do an interview with from We Podcast and We Know Things. Whatever. All right, what's up, guys? How you doing? Welcome to Classic Game Junkie. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of We Podcast and We Know Things, where we recap all of the week's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me, as almost always, the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matora. Long time coming. Glad we were able to make it work. Yeah, so we are joined by a very special guest tonight, and we're really psyched to have him on. Uh, it's been a long time coming, like you said, Sam, and uh, we're going to dive right into the questioning. We want to welcome to the show Austin Reese of Reese's Rare Comics. Austin, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Now, before we talk, you know, talk shop about comics and games and all that, tell, tell, you know, tell everyone a little bit about yourself, have any hobbies, anything like that. Sure. So um, I've been part of the business to family business for the last five years. Before that, I was involved um, just as a part time role. As far as outside of the comic world, I'm big into skateboarding. I love music, specifically punk rock, hip hop. Um, I like, Very nice. I'm a collector of vinyl records and skateboards and all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah. So we're going to have a lot to talk about tonight because uh, I used to be sponsored as a skater back when I was a kid. So, uh, and I still skated up until I gained too much weight. So, uh, I'm psyched to have this conversation with you when we get to the conversation a little bit about skating. Cause that's going to yeah. be a lot of fun. Awesome, yeah, man. I can't wait. Cause, cause I don't know a skater you are awesome. You know, I know Greg was actually pretty good. I, I sucked, you know, but I just had, I think I was always in the, the middle of the really good and suck camp. It's like, I could definitely, <laughs> let me put it this way. I could do a kid flip, but I couldn't do a tray flip. <laughs> Okay, uh, fair I, I, enough. I'm same same here. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm worse than I thought. So, <laughs> I'm sorry. I uh the okay. I'm not gonna get into it. I'll save it for later. Um. All right. Cool. So other than that, listen. Like we said, Reese's rare comics. We want to dive really deep into the comic world tonight. So could you tell us a little bit more about the shop and how Reese's rare comics came to be? Sure. So I'll start um, with just kind of how it all came about. Um, so my dad, Greg, originally had a store um, in Frederick, Maryland, and that was for about four years in the early 90s. It was kind of his dream to have his own business, and he was a collector since he was a teenager. So it's kind of just a no-brainer move for him. Um, as people who are, have been around comics know, the 90s were a really terrible time to be yeah. headfirst in that market. There was a lot of speculation, a lot of overbought and sold books, um, and it kind of led to the first comic crash so he only had that store for about five years before he had to sell it. Um, basically, he had to go back into corporate America for the next, let me think, 15 years or so uh, when he got a lead on a big collection and he was able nice. to buy a comic collection to kind of get back into it part time. And at that time, he was just doing it on the weekends. He was basically working his nine to five and then sometimes would be driving to shows, you know, two, three, four hours away to set up for a one day show and uh and come back and do that and so basically he kind of grew it from being a part-time thing to diving in full-time so he quit his corporate job you know started doing the business full-time at that time it was called greg reese's for the comics after my dad's name obviously yeah um, a few years later my older brother alex graduated from college and my dad was at the point where he needed helper and so he asked my brother if he wanted to come on full-time you know all during this i'm kind of around it comics are 
in the house or spilling out, you know, out of the garage and all that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And I was always uh, helping him at the Baltimore Comic Con. I was kind of like, you know, he was like, if you want some extra money when you're in high school, like, come help me out. So I kind of always like was around the business and yeah. knew, knew, you know, what it was all about. And he had told me kind of while I was in school, hey, if this is something you're interested in, you know, we probably are going to have room for you as well, depending on how things go. So that was, you know, four, four years ago now. Um, and right when I graduated, I joined on full time. So, uh, we actually don't have a store, Greg. Uh, we just do online retail and we do about 13 trade shows all around the country every year. Gotcha. Okay. And like, of course, Instagram also. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're big on social media. Always trying to connect with people. Uh, I'll sell a book any way I can. Of course. And, and you mentioned speculation. That's something you see every single day on IG, on YouTube. What are some books that you actually spec on or that you think are going to about to blow up? Yeah, I always kind of throw a little uh, asterisk on this because I tell people, you know, when they oh, ask course, me this at shows, um, you know, if I knew what was going to go up, I would buy all of them and not tell oh, any of you. <laughs> <I got> you. <laughs> you know, so you. that's kind of just like with a grain of salt that. Um, being around the business, you kind of do see certain trends and, you know, you kind of have a broader scope, so to speak. Um, so I, I don't even want to call this a speculation pick. I just think it still has room to grow. Um, and I think that's X-Men 1 and Fantastic Four number one. Um, obviously, their rights were bought um, by Marvel uh, the last year. And I think there's just a lot of room to grow with both of those franchises. So. If it were me, I'd be buying up, you know, not only the number one issues, but first appearance issues and that kind of stuff. Yeah, because you want to buy it before they make the next announcement of like the next Wolverine or, you know, something like that. Right. And and I, I should clarify, I pretty much only deal with vintage books. Um, so I don't really deal with anything coming out now. I know there's a lot of speculators involved in the modern market of books yeah, that, they, you know, sell for five bucks and then they're $50 overnight. So I don't really do that. Could you yeah, just so you're like Golden Age, Silver Age, Bronze Age. Yeah, I would say pretty much up into like the like mid '80s, like 1985. We do have stuff that's newer than that, but yeah. you know, our our main bread and butter is definitely you know, oh, of course, gold, silver, bronze. Dude, you, I I tell, I tell you always, you have the best wall at cons every every time, and it's hands down. Could well, you, we certainly appreciate that. Could you just do us a little bit of a favor and just kind of dive in a little bit deeper on what speculation is? Because to me, it sounds like insider trading, and I don't want to get arrested for doing a podcast. <laughs> Uh, so if you could just tell us a little bit more about comic book speculation sure so i mean speculation at this point you know comics is kind of it's a weird thing because it originally started as a hobby that no one really cared about um over the last you know 40 or 50 years it's really transformed into some of these books being worth several thousand dollars um obviously when there's that much money involved there are people you know outside forces that come into play where they're kind of speculating on what book might get hot. This could be something like a first appearance of a certain villain uh, or a first appearance of a character that they know is going to be announced as a TV show or a movie. Um, so when we saw, you know, the Moon Knight show get announced at San Diego Comic-Con last year, a lot of people oh, yeah. were going to buy Werewolf by Night 32 because that was his first appearance. So people were kind of speculating on that book to have something, you know, in the cinematic universe. Um, so that's kind of what we mean by that. Now, do you have a favorite comic book and or comic book cover? I know this is going to sound cliche. Um, it's got to be Spider-Man. I yeah. just think wait, wait, so a, many... wait, <laughs> I, I actually think Spider-Man 1 is probably my favorite as okay. far as just like in terms of books go. I just think it's so cool. 
I love that blue cover when you see a really nice, you know, condition oh, yeah. one. Um, and as far as the series go, goes, he just had so many great villains come in and out. And yeah. I thought, um, you know, that was really Stan Lee's kind of uh, brainchild, if you will. What do you think the next the next villain book that's back on is for Spider-Man? Uh, I have no idea. I would probably say someone within the Sinister Six because that's kind of what they've been doing the last few movies. Yeah. So I mean, I've been about, thinking. Cra- I've been thinking Craven. I feel like he's about to. I mean, he's already expensive as it is. Yeah. Again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like I try not to pay too much attention to that because yeah. Um, when you're on Instagram and you know online, you see these kind of different news articles coming out every oh, single day. So it, it, as far as my job, it's just like, you know, you have to be aware of what's going on. But at the same time, you can't go too deep. Otherwise, it, it gets a little convoluted. Sam, do you own a Spider-Man one? Oh, hell no. It's too rich for my book. <laughs> so Austin- I, I think, no, no, actually, actually, the only amazing Spider-Man book I own, I got it from Austin. It came, what, last week? Amazing Spider-Man 129, first appearance oh, of Punisher 94. Yeah. yeah, that's a great book. So, the only Spider-Man book I own. So, Austin, are you a walking encyclopedia of comics? Um, as much as you know, some of the people I've learned from, I've certainly learned a lot and uh, am continuing to learn. But, you know, as I said, like there's literally an entire market that I don't even know about, which is kind of the modern books. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And we say modern, but that's really books that have come out in the last 20 years. Right. So, you know, that's one of those things where it's like I definitely specialize in vintage and I think everyone has a specialty. But there are certainly people who literally know everything, um, and I yeah. can't even compete with them. Yes, same here. Though I'm, I just, I just bow down. But I know Batman. That's 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 my knowledge. <laughs> right. And when you're talking Batman, like even that's like a thousand books. So it's like when you start breaking down just one series of being a thousand books. You know that title is spanned. You know, eighty years or or more. It's hard to kind of be an expert in everything. You kind of have to yep, be a jack of all trades. True. So with you being so ingratiated into the business, do you collect yourself? Um, that's a great question. We get asked that a lot. Um, and the answer is no, I don't collect any comic books. We kind of decided as a family a long time ago that it would just be a little too complicated for each of us to kind of collect books while we're involved in the business. It'd be one of those things where it's like, if a book walks up at a convention, you know, are you buying it for the business or are you buying it for you? And if you're buying it for you, are you taking money away from the business? So it kind of just got to the point where we were like, we love comics and we kind of just view our inventory as our rotating collection. You know, I have never gotten to own, you know, an AF-15 as in me personally, but as a business, we've gotten to own 20 of them. So oh my um, God. it kind of all comes around, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you mentioned earlier, like old vintage skateboards and things like that. What about games? Sam mentioned that you and I are both big gamers. I didn't know that about you. What's your kind of history there? And do you collect any games? Um, so there's two different answers to that question, Greg. Uh, one, I collect games personally. Um, you know, I've been a gamer my entire life. I remember, you know, playing the NES at my grandparents' house. And, you know, I collect um, N64 games now. And I have an Xbox and a Switch and all that kind of stuff. Um, and as for the business, we actually just recently got involved with um, graded video games. A lot of these games still have the original shrink wrap. Um, you can send them out to a third party to be certified. Um, so we're starting to get involved with that and actually we're about to start selling them very recently. Oh. And that was, I think, like a, a year ago or two when I was at C2E2. Um, I actually was with Dom and actually met the guys from Atwana Games. That's one of the grading companies. I know there's more, but that's the one I'm familiar with. 
Yeah, Wada's, uh, they're great. They're brand new. Um, they're basically founded by a bunch of guys who loved video games and collected them, so they're extremely knowledgeable, and that's where we've been sending a lot of our stuff as well. Yeah, I'm a huge gamer going back to, so I collect S, uh, NES, SNES, N64, um, so basically all the old Nintendo retro consoles as well. Um, I'm I'm not super picky about complete in box. Like, I appreciate if it's still factory sealed. They're not like big draws for me. I'm just more of a cartridge guy. I don't even need box and manual for the most part uh, because I act, I actively play the games I collect. So for me to have a factory sealed game, I just want to rip it open. Uh, <laughs> as we all did as kids. Yeah. So I, w- I remember I was with Sam and we were at a local video game store, retro video game store called Classic Game Junkie. And we were interviewing the inter- uh, the owner after hours. And he was like, all right, guys, like, thanks for coming. See you later. We stayed for what, an hour and a half. And you picked up a Griffey and a Conqueror's Bad Fur Day. Both. I think oh, both of course, you know, Griffey, you know, it's my favorite baseball game of all time on the Nintendo 64. I'm sure I'm sure you know all about it, Austin. Yeah, it's funny that, uh, Greg, you mentioned, like, you don't really care, you know, about whether there's a box or a manual or all that. And uh, it totally makes sense to me. Like, I guess, first and foremost, like, I like playing the games. Um, But I I always tell people, it's like, well, there's plenty of loose cartridges out there. Like, you could always find one. So, like, that's kind of where, like, my collecting niche came in. It's like, the box is just, like, so difficult. Like, because, like, oh, it in, like we always just ripped it open as a kid yep. and threw it away. Yeah. And something about, like, holding, like, a Super Smash Bros. or a, a Bad Fur Day or something along those lines, like, in my hand again. And, like, I was like, oh, I don't even think I read the back of the box as a kid. And, like, now you're, <laughs> now you're reading it, you know, as an adult. And yeah. it kind of brings back, like, some certain memories. So, yeah. you know, that's um, why I like collecting those. And then for, like, the factory sealed stuff, I always tell people it's, like, not everything should be graded, you know, but games like that that have survived this long in my mind like those should be preserved for sure i agree that's just my opinion Uh, if i if i'm if i went like super deep into my collecting i would probably look for a loose cart and the factory sealed if i was going to go factory sealed that way i could still play like right now i'm trying to get a complete physical pokemon collection of all the main series games through the red blue yellow up until sword shield i have 19 now so i'm a little over halfway um, I only have five, four or five complete in box out of that 19. Or if you want to count the Switch games and stuff, then I probably have like eight or nine. So I, I it's like I guess I'm like picky choosy when I care about factory sealed complete in box stuff. Like for me, the Nintendo boxes are a lot cooler because they're cardboard. They were flimsy. They're e- very yep. easily. But like a Genesis kind of snap case or a jewel case for PS one. Like that stuff didn't really appeal to sure. me, but I guess the older Nintendo boxes, cause they're so fragile and you're right. If, yep. if an NES game can last 30 years without getting coffee or rain on it, then then we're in business. Yeah. And if yeah. you had them original Pokemon, if you had them graded that are like a nine Oh plus, like they're super hard to come by and very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I should clarify. Yeah. I'm pretty much only focused on collecting Nintendo and even as a business, just because that's kind of where my passion lies. Like that's where I'm most interested in buying and selling those kind of games. So yeah. I'm definitely with you as far as like the original, you know, NES through the N64, you know, while yeah. it was still cardboard, that's kind of where our focus is. Um, now I, we will get into comics a little bit later in the interview. Uh, but before we kind of go off on a little bit of a path, path that I'm super psyched to talk about, could you tell people where we can find you on the internet and on social media? Sure. So our website is where you're going to want to go first. Uh, it's www.reesecomics.com. That's R-E-E-C-E, not an S. I have many misspelled baseball <laughs> trophies with that. 
So you can go to leasecomics.com. That's where we're pretty much putting books. You know, um, we're listing new books every day. If you want to follow us on social media, it's at Reese's Rare Comics again with a C. I'm sure I'm not the first and only to tell you this, but did you ever think about just buying Reese'sComics.com and forwarding the domain? Uh, I don't think we could afford it. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the uh, peanut butter chocolate company bought that one. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Way ahead of you. <laughs> uh, so Sam told me, and I guess it came out a little earlier in this interview. Uh, we, I was told that you used to skate. We talked about that a little bit. Do you still skate at all? Yeah, it's funny. Um, you know, I feel like skating kind of comes in waves as you get older. When you're younger, I, I was definitely a skate rat. Um, you know, you get older, it's kind of like you just try and do it when you have time. And now that we've been quarantined for the last three weeks, I've found myself dusting off the board and going out in the garage after work and, you know, practicing my kickflips and stuff like that. So the short answer is yes, I definitely still skate. Oh, that's, that's good to hear. You can still land a kickflip. Yeah, for sure. It took me a little bit longer than I used to. <laughs> now, what was your favorite skateboard company growing up and what is it now? Um, so I got to give a shout out to, we had a local shop in Frederick. They're called Pit Crew. Um, so that was by far my favorite store. You know, they were local they always helped out, you know, all the homies and that kind of stuff. So yeah. they were they were my favorite company um, at the time. They unfortunately went out of business two or three years ago. Um, so as far as like a big company goes, I'd probably say Baker. Oh, I love the Baker boys. Can't go wrong. Love the Baker boys. So um, much like you, you know, I was a skate rat growing up. Sam skated for a couple of years, kind of transitioned to other things. Sam was a birdhouse guy. I was a flip guy. <laughs> I'm a flip guy. What's your go-to deck? Um, if it wasn't going to be a baker, it would probably be crooked. Uh, we had a local rider, uh, Bobby Warris, who rode for them, and he also rode for S. If anybody remembers that company, I still I still have a pair. Um, <laughs> my next, my cousin's next door neighbor growing up was Chris Cole, so I have to say, wow. that getting able to, I was able to skate with him uh, in Langhorn, PA, a couple times, just on the street doing flat ground. And it was when I couldn't skate at all, like I barely could ride. And he was teaching me, you know, how to ride on it and, and how to ollie a little bit. So when Sam and I had ollie contests as a kid, I had a little bit of an advantage. No, that's awesome, it. dude. Yeah, that, I mean, I would say Zero is uh, one of my favorite teams, too. I was a huge fan of Tommy Sandoval and all those kind of guys, too. So that's pretty sweet, man. Yeah, growing up, it was Flip and Toy Machine for me at Templeton. And even back in the day when, like, Maldonado and Steamer and Jamie Thomas and Muska rode for Toy Machine back in like the welcome to hell days. Like that's that to me is vintage skateboarding, like dropping a tail slide, front side tail slide down. Like, uh, I don't know, just a hubba it was just like, even though today anybody can do that blindfolded switch that to me, like it's about the style. I mean, I man. Well, you know, anybody with two feet, you could, you could do it <laughs> no, on a- for sure. That was like a, a really big time for skateboarding. Cause it kind of was every, you know, for the first couple of years, like everyone was just pushing the boundaries. And then during that era, it was more about, you know, style. Like it wasn't just about the tricks you could do. It was about how you looked while you did them. So I'm definitely a big fan of that era as well. What's your go-to video? We all have one. Oh man. My go-to video is America's uh, stay gold. I love stay that gold. That by Ren- far my favorite video. That Reynolds frontside. Well, it's always a Reynolds frontside flip, but he does uh, the frontside flip down. I think the UC Davis, he might've kick flipped a Davis gap at that in stay gold. I don't remember if it was that, Big frontside flip down a 13. I can't remember, but just what am I, America to me was always the best team. Like 
I stopped skating for a while. And when I got back into it, plan B was huge. And now you have primitive and like everybody's so good that back in the day, it was for me, it was America all day. It's like the best overall team. And to find out Reynolds left America kind of broke my heart recently. No, me too. But you know, that video always holds a special place in my heart. It was like, I literally can go down like each different skater and what song they skated to and, you know, opening with Brandon Westgate's part. And it was just fast and furious and, you know, ending with Reynolds part. Um, it was just a perfect video to me and I've probably watched it 50 times. (laughs) Yeah. My, uh, my go-to was uh, flip. Sorry. If you've ever watched, sorry. Um, just also a great video, just a great Mark Appleyard to open that video is so smooth. And Oh my God, I just love everything about that video. And then they did like really sorry and stuff. I was kind of not into that as much, but sorry was always my favorite. Now this next question, it changed constantly for me. There was always like the one overarching answer, but like it was almost like a flavor of the week. So I'll ask you your overarching favorite skater of all time. Oh man. Um, yeah, you're right. It is a flavor of the week. Um, as far as a name that people would recognize, it probably is going to be Andrew Reynolds, just because of, he's been in the game he's for so long. He's a beast. He's so stylish and, uh, you know, started the team and got so many of the best skaters. Um, and then I'll give, like, more of an underground answer. It would be uh, Grayson Fletcher. If right. anybody knows him or if you haven't, go look up one of his parts. He's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah, I. it's, like, crazy with Instagram – it's almost like nobody is underground anymore. Skateboarding is kind of from a social media perspective, bigger than it ever was with thrashers, you know, YouTube channel and even like Metro and all that. Like for me, it was always Arto. Sorry. He's always my favorite skater. But like you said, it, it fluctuated all the damn time for me. Um, like that second level kind of underground, but I don't even know like what would be classics been my boy since day one. You were always, a, <laughs> I love how basically amazing you are, Sam. You're my favorite person in the world. Um, Ride or die, Bucky Lassick, baby. Yeah, I would say Colin Provost on Toy Machine is just he just rips. Um, yeah, he's great too. Yeah, he just rips. Well, how about the uh, what shoes did you did you roll with when you skated? You said S- I was a globe guy. It's funny because I feel like people who didn't skate are going to be like, why are they asking what shoe? But like for people who did skate, like the shoe you wear, it's like almost a, a, an allegiance. Like you're so loyal to the brand. Dude, truth, like, I, I rock globes until they went out of business. And I was like, oh, I got to go to DC's. Right. So I actually skated um, Lakai's and then the actual model was the Manchester, Manchester Selects. Uh-huh. So like I literally, nice. I, haven't, I haven't even thought about that in like 10 years. So <laughs> <laughs> I remember I probably owned, like, 15 pairs of those shoes. Yeah, I was um, I was an S guy and I was an Excel, S Excel guy. Um, wow, just, those are classic. Yeah, pretty basic classic shoe was always my thing. I actually, anytime Costin came out with a new model, um, I went for him. They had, he came out with these beautiful navy blue and orange Costin 2s and they were like 95 bucks, which was insane when you're 13. And, yeah, <laughs> and I bought them. And when they started the rip, I was just devastated. I never rode Lakai because to me, they were never, um, they were a little flimsy. Like they didn't, they ripped a little too easy for me. I guess like my style didn't, oh, yeah. they didn't really flow well with Lakai. I was, I eventually got sponsored by a shoe company, but that lasted for all of three months. So then they went out of business. Um, I probably, because they put me on the team. Uh, <laughs> hey man, three more months than me. <laughs> so, all right, let's get back to comics is, uh, you know, 
That was an awesome conversation. I have two more questions about skating a little bit later when we hit you with a new segment, but or not a new sure. segment, a, f- a favorite segment of ours. But back to comics, um, you guys go to a lot of cons. I think you make your name and and get a lot of fans and customers. And Sam mentioned earlier, you always have a great backdrop at cons. So number one, you're driving around the country. I assume you're not flying. You're driving around the country. And you mentioned earlier your brother, your brother Alex is involved in this. So when you guys are driving around the country going from con to con or from Maryland out to whatever con it is, what music are you listening to and or what podcasts? Oh, man. I can go so deep into this. We got Thankfully, Alex and I have a lot of similar music tastes. Uh, he's only three years older than me. Uh, so we kind of grew up listening to a lot of the same bands. I would say, like, the first thing that, like, comes on, like, when we're, like, all right, wake up, you know, you wake up and you're an hour in, it's like, all right, I got to listen to something. It's got to be some old school hip hop, like Tribe Called Quest, Far Side, oh, like, nice. Jurassic, Jurassic Five, Biggie, like, but those are kind of like our go-to stations as far as like Pandora or Spotify. Um, and then I, I think we listen to a lot of classic rock, Jimi Hendrix, Zeppelin, um, you know, even like older pop, Elton John, Earth, Wind and & Fire and that kind of stuff. Um, so that, for, no, it, it definitely passes the time. And then for podcasts, um, I'm trying to think. We listen to a lot of like sports podcasts. We listen to the Tony Kornheiser show together. Um, and then I'll always put on your mom's house from one of my favorite comedians, Tom Segura. Yeah. Um, and then the newer one, two bears, one cave with Tom Segura and, uh, Burke Kreischer. That's and, my boy. Uh, What'd you think of ball hog? <laughs> Honestly, I rated it as my least favorite special he's done. I still thought it was funny. Um, but See, I, I, definitely... I thought his was better than Burke Kreischer's though. Oh, I disagree a hundred percent. I thought Segura's was better than Kreischer's, but I'm not a big Kreischer guy, but Segura, I agree with you. It was probably on his lower tier of, of quality for specials. Yeah. I liked, uh, mostly stories is probably my favorite comedian yeah, special of comedian. any, of any comedian like ever. So that's probably my oh, wow. favorite. And then, and then completely normal is also, you know, that's a great one too. And I will also throw a little asterisk in there that I saw, uh, Tom, when he came to town last year, so a lot of that right. special I had already it. seen as a set. So I don't know if that kind of like stopped me from thinking the special was like that so funny, just because I kind of already knew a lot of the punchlines. That's fair. Yeah, and, and you know, Crystal Lee's new special drops the 14th. Oh, I forgot that that's coming out uh, real soon too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Any other favorite comedians besides uh, Segura and Kreischer? Like I, I know Joey Diaz. You gotta love Diaz. um yeah i kind of run with that whole crew right it's like they all kind of are in you know that same group so yeah tom tom papa is another one obviously delia um rogan i'm sure oh oh, yeah rogan definitely yeah um you know and then some obviously all the classics you know um robin williams i like of course Arge Barker, if you've ever listened to him, like, I, I don't know. I, I kind of just like go down rabbit holes when I find a new comedian. I like, I like watch all their specials and then I'm, I kind of forget that I did that. So what about Bill Burr? Oh, Bill Burr. Is, he's a legend. I, that's okay. another podcast that me and my brother cool. listen to we listen to the Monday morning podcast, yeah. like all the time. Yeah. We, we love him too. He's hilarious. So what we're going to do now is we're going to hit you with, uh, our favorite segment of any interview, our guests often favorite segment of any interview. Uh, we call it our rapid fire segment. I know very clever name. 
Um, but, Let's rip it. But what we're going to do is ask you a bunch of questions. Uh, just boom, 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 boom. First answer that comes into your head. Hit us with it. Doesn't matter if it's short or long, but just like don't try to think about it. Just have fun with it. Um, I'm going to ask you six, and then Sam's going to ask you a bunch after that. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. All right. You, your favorite con city? Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. And why? Uh, it's a small town vibe with still being a city. The food's really good. And there's like really cool plazas everywhere. And it's just kind of a, a good show with a lot of a lot of our friends come to. What is your craziest con story? Um, so for those who are unaware, when you set up at a convention, you know, these are huge, huge productions. So there's, you know, thousands of vendors in the room and all that kind of stuff. You know, we were in San Diego two years ago, and this is like the mecca of all comic shows. So there's, you know, 100,000 people there and all these vendors. And, you know, we drove across the country to get there. So we've been on the road for 14 straight days. And Sunday comes around and you're getting ready to break down. And it's so hectic. Everyone's running around looking for pallets and all this kind of stuff. And, and all you want to do is get out of there. So, like, I'm running in all these areas that I'm, like, not even supposed to be in in the convention center. Like, I'm out by the loading dock, and there's, like, Freeman out there yelling at me. And I'm just, like, looking for empty pallets to, like, carry back to my booth. And I prop open this door, and who's standing on the other side but George R. R. Martin? And I just kind of look at him, and I was like, oh, oh my God. And then I was just like, I, then I just was on like a single track mind. Like, I don't even think I said hi to him. I just like <laughs> ran by him to like grab these pallets and come back to the booth because I was like, we got to get out of here. So that's oh probably God. one of my craziest stories. He was probably that's back awesome. there beating the shit out of D.B. Weiss and David Benioff for butchering <laughs> the last two seasons. Of it Game was of definitely, before, definitely before that. I think he was waiting for his limo to get out of there. But it was funny. I just kind of walked away and I was like, holy, that was George R. R. Martin. That's awesome. Action Comics number one or Detective Comics number 27? Tech 27. Hey. I know. I was going to say, yeah. Sam's psyched that you said that one. Oh, come on, it's Batman. Come on. Uh, what is the best trick you've ever done on a skateboard? Uh, I want to say fakie backside flip. Down anything or just on flat? Just flat. Nice. What is your overall thoughts on Bryce Harper? Oh, <laughs> uh, big big preface here i'm a huge washington dc fan for those listening so um this is a little bit of a, a jaded <laughs> answer um honestly honestly i thought he was great while he was here i think he's a really good player um it always sucks when someone leaves um especially that caliber of a player that being said uh we have a world series and bryce harper does not that is a completely fair answer i kind of anticipated that answer so um and I will say this, that I picked the Nats to win the World Series going into last year and in June when they were even struggling. I stuck with the pick. So um, when you have a pitching staff like that, it kind of doesn't matter that Bryce left. I mean, you have just the nastiest staff in the National League. So uh, congratulations. I hate you and I hate your team, but congratulations. <laughs> uh, said like a true Philadelphian. Yeah, like, puts, put some money down on, uh, down on the Nats <laughs> I listen a hundred percent. The in the back of my mind was like, I want to get this right for bragging rights, but screw the nationals and their fans. Uh, yeah, as, it, as it should be, as it should be. <laughs> my last one before I kick it to Sam for his round would be describe the Washington Redskins franchise in as few words as possible. 
dumpster fire. I've, I wrote Perfect. it down in my notes that I thought you were going to say that. And uh, just to expand on that a little bit now to have some fun, what makes the Redskins just so hateable? Um, well, I love them. Well, um, I meant like everyone else is as a, as a franchise, <laughs> like, is it Snyder? Like what, what it, as a fan, like, what is it? Right. So even if you like came into DC like tomorrow and you were talking to like real Redskins fans, like people who actually follow and love the team, like the number one thing we all want is for Dan Snyder to sell the team. He's a horrible owner. We don't like him. I wish we could drive him out of the city uh, tomorrow because I think we would be in a better place. And also FedEx field is built on top of the Indian burial grounds. So (laughs) are you, are you one of the folks that is, uh, on the fence, do not care, support or what of the name of the name change? Like, would you want them to change their name? Um, I'm probably going to get some hate for this, but uh, no, I don't want them to change the name. That's the team I grew up with. Um, if you're going to change the name, then you should change the Florida State Seminoles. You should change the Cleveland Indians. You should change a bunch of other teams' names. I just feel like because Dan Snyder is such a hateable guy that we get a lot of heat for it. Yeah. When there are a ton of other college and professional teams that also have. Uh, Native Americans as part of their mascot. I actually fully agree with that entire statement. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, but you're right. Uh, I was at FedEx field and it not only is it on top of a burial ground, it looks like a burial ground a little bit. Uh, (laughs) And that's not, that's not trying to hate. Like, again, you just won a world series. Like the Redskins have a wonderful history. How do the Redskins How victory? I love it all. Great. Awesome. Um, Are you a caps guy at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm DC through and through. So Wizards, Caps, Nats, and Redskins. Uh, you uh, forgot DC. You forgot DC United. You're welcome. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, take it away. All right, before I get started, I just want to let everybody know that you guys also do like a four month payment plan, which actually I'm doing one for you right now. I won't spoil the book, maybe at the end, but could you tell us, you know, everyone about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, it's just an easier way for people who are on a budget to get a bigger book that they want for their collection. I've done it with a lot of people, so it's pretty easy. You just put down a down payment of uh, 20% and then every month after that you pay another 20%. So again, just, a you know, if you want one of those bigger books, a grail, so to speak, it's just an easier way for us to work with you so you can get that done. And when yeah, you, real I quick, can't. real quick, when you say grail, I know you just said bigger book. Is that really all that means to the folks out there? Yeah, it's kind of like lost in terminology now because a grail um, used to be like an action one or like a tech 27. Now it's kind of just like a personal achievement. Like it could be a new mutants 98 to someone and it could be, you know, a cap one to someone else. So it's just a, you know, one of those books that you've been wanting for a long time and uh, are trying to get that in the collection. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've done many deals with Austin. So you have my hundred percent guarantee that Austin's your guy. So <laughs> jump in with the last final round. What's the right, biggest book? What's the biggest book you ever held in your hands and sold? Um, I think a Captain America comics number one. I believe it was a five. I remember. I think it was two years ago, Baltimore Comic Con. You guys sold a um, Batman one five zero CGC. Yeah, yeah, that was another another big book. You know, we've had a few over over the years, but those two were definitely standouts for sure. Yeah, you guys were kind enough to let me hold it and then quickly give it back to you before I got it. <laughs> yeah, as long as we know you, you're good for it. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> One skate brand that is no longer around that you wish was? Um, I mentioned it earlier, Pickeroo, as far as my hometown team. As far as an other team, I would say S, but they kind of just came back uh, doing their own thing like a year ago. So 
I don't know if we'll count that because they went away for like eight, eight to ten oh. years. But I'm gonna say yes. All right, I'll count it. Now, what, what games are you playing now? I know you're a huge gamer. Uh, I mean, dude, strictly Animal Crossing right now. <laughs> <laughs> my boy. Okay, how, how many hours do you have logged in? Oh my god, I don't want to admit this. <laughs> no, no, I want, no, no, no. I want, I want both of you because Greg got Greg probably has over a hundred hours. I want both of you guys to admit your hours, please. Uh, um, so I think I checked like yesterday, and it was at seventy-five, and I definitely played a little today. So we'll call it eighty. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it eighty. I, uh, Sam, remember the other day when I texted you and said I hadn't played it since Thursday? Yeah. I still haven't played it since Thursday. I am. So how many hours you at? I'm only in like the 30 to 35 hour mark. Oh my God. I thought you had like a hundred. No, but I will say this. I will say this. It's my first animal crossing game. So, uh, I, I know I'm kicking my own ass because once you miss the nook mile, the, the 80 ABD or whatever the hell it is one day, you kind of get pissed. Um, yeah. but I will say this, Austin, uh, I'm going to DM you my friend code and I'm coming to your Island and I'm going to, Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, that's just going to happen. You can come to mine. There ain't shit there, but you, you know, that's yeah, okay. Don't you're like, you're gonna, yeah. You're going to spend another couple hundred hours because it's just one of those teams. It's like, you'll put it down for three months and then you'll come back like a year from now and just, you'll be playing, you'll be addicted all over again for yeah. like 10 years. Yeah. That's for me, man. Like. So I'm a Mario, like I said, I'm a Pokemon collector. I play those pretty much constantly, but I'm a Mario guy. I was a, I speed ran Mario for years. Um, I was top 100 on the leaderboards. I miss those days. Um, you gotta get back. I, I do it on the side, man. I just can't stream it anymore. Those were the days when I could stream before having a child and a wife. Those yeah. were, I shouldn't say those were the days. Now are the days. Like these yeah, are the yeah, best yeah. days. Yeah. We heard it. It's recorded. But like I can edit it out. But like if I had to pick the days before these days, that would be up there. Yeah. That, that's what I'll say. Yeah. Now, if you didn't have like the shop or, you know, the business, what do you think you'd be doing? Oh, man. I don't know. I think um, if I'm being honest, I'd probably be somewhere in the restaurant industry um either as like a gm or uh if back as you know a manager of the kitchen i actually came from you know i worked at a ton of restaurants growing up just like a ton of you know a lot of other people but i really enjoyed that that life of just kind of being around you know a bunch of other people your own age and um just kind of the hecticness of being in a kitchen you know on a friday night and i just kind of like that world of you know staying up late and getting to know people from all different walks of life yeah what would you buy? You can only pick one. X-Men 1, 4, 5, or giant size X-Men 9 Is this for me, or am I trying to make money, or just what I want? This is for you. Um, I would pick an X-Men 1. Okay. House of Secrets, 92, 9-0 for Swamp Thing, or Marvel Spotlight, number 5, 9-0 for Ghost Rider? Spotlight 5. Okay, can't go wrong. Showcase 4, 5-0 first. Barry Allen, Kells is Spence, 39-5-0, first Iron Man. Uh, ooh. Yeah. Um, I would say Showcase 4. I would yes. say Showcase 4 because that's a super, super yep. tough book. Same, same here. What is your guilty pleasure song? Oh is it Nickelback? No, it's not, dude. <laughs> it's even worse. Oh, no. You know that song, I Love It, by Icona Pop? I don't. <laughs> right? It's about it. The girl is literally the lyrics are I crash my car into a bridge, I wash, I let it burn. Yes. If you I hear love it, it, you'll be like, I yes. love it. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. oh. Dude, that song is so catchy. Hold on. I definitely 
so, so Sam, you got to answer this question too. What's my guilty pleasure? Yeah, I'll admit mine too. I have two of them, as a matter of fact, and I'm not even that shameless about it. I mean, like, like guilty pleasure. Like now, like, is that like a band that everyone hates that I love? No, it's just something you're kind of embarrassed to like. Ah, uh, I mean, what the hell would I even say? I'll give you. So you know his. Now I'll give you mine. Uh, two of them. Number one, Party in the USA, Miley Cyrus. It's a fucking oh, banger. It's a, a oh my god! Dude, it's a banger. That's my karaoke go-to song when I go out and have have fun at karaoke. That's my song that I always sing. And second, now I know what we're doing when I come to Philly. <laughs> and <laughs> and secondly is um, Justin Timberlake, uh, the dance, 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 dance. I love that. Song. Oh, okay, that, that is a, that is a great song, dude. Yeah. I watch oh, Trolls. I, I watch Trolls with my daughter. I'm like, shh, that song's on. We can't talk. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Last one we got for you. Zeppelin or ACDC? Oh, bro. Uh, I know. I know. Dude, this this hurt me to write. Uh, I'm just going to go with what my, my gut said. and It's Zeppelin for days. All right. I, I figured it was. As he, much. he mentioned Zeppelin earlier. So when he said that earlier, that he listens to it when he's in the car. I was like, he's going to say Zeppelin for, for the rapid. But I know but I know he likes ACDC, too. So I yeah. know that I was like, yeah, you know. I do love ACDC. I have almost every one of their uh, records on vinyl. Okay. So I did. I did. I, <laughs> what's your what do you think your grail kind of vinyl is oh dude um there's so much stuff in the 80s um punk scene that they just didn't produce a ton of so it would probably be like a first printing like minor threat album or like a first pressing band in dc from the bad brains like Mm -hmm. that would be unbelievable for me awesome Cool. Well, that will wrap up our uh, very special bonus episode with Austin Reese of Reese's Rare Comics. I want to say thank you so much for, for coming on the show, Austin. Let our listeners know one more time where they can find you, both website and social media. Sure. So our website, again, is uh, ReeseComics.com, and our Facebook and Instagram is Reese's Rare Comics. Hope to see some of you guys there. And if you ever see us at a show, please come by and say hello. Just hang out with us, and uh, we'll have a good time. Sam, any final thoughts you want to throw in? I'm just glad we got to do this because you know, normally you're doing cons, you're a busy man and tough guy to track down. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you guys and uh, everyone who listens. I hope you guys are staying safe and, and getting by and uh, we'll all get through this together and hang out soon. Appreciate that, Austin. Now, if you could hang on the line for just one second, we'd appreciate it. But that was our very special bonus episode, and we will see you next week with episode 182. And the book I'm getting from Austin is... 